Welcome to another Before I Die, number five, I guess this is. Today I'm going to be chatting a little bit about my, my pappy, my dad, Monty. He is going to be turning 80 here pretty soon. We're recording July 22nd of 2020. And it's, it's, it's such a weird, this is like a weird one. I know what's weird is I don't think he'll ever listen to this one, so it's all good. And then also because he has, he now has Alzheimer's, even if he did listen to it, he'd probably forget about it, which is a, another just weird thing to be dealing with, like dealing with, like, I shouldn't say dealing with that. My mom has it way harder than I have it. I don't really have to deal with it. I think the only thing I have to deal with is the impending doom type situation, which I know sounds horrible, but it's just like weird being 30 years old and then looking to someone who you've had a profound respect for your entire life, um, starting to degrade as far as like their memory goes. And it's just kind of like, what kind of conversations do you have? And then also just thinking like, that's, that's probably not how he wants to be remembered. And it's unfortunate that that's how it ends. Like, we so frequently talk about first impressions and we never really talk about last impressions, which are probably more important the way that you'll always remember a certain person. And I think it's unfair to him if that would be my last impression of, of him. I have great respect for him. Like there's obviously he's not perfect. I'm not going to pretend that my, my dad's like the greatest man that has ever lived ever, but that doesn't mean he wasn't a great man. He's done a lot for the country. He's done a lot for people as far as like dedicated service goes and never asked for anything in return. At least to my knowledge, he might be like a Skinner and just hides everything until eventually he blows up. But for the most part, he just did everything. I wouldn't necessarily say smiling. Like I think that'd be a little bit in, uh, inaccurate, but he definitely enjoyed doing uh, doing service. He would chop wood all the time chopped wood so much with him that I wrote a song about it. Easily one of the best songs I've ever written. Thanks, Dad. Thanks for, thanks for being the inspiration for some uh, some goodness. And it's also weird because I was born when he was pushing 50. He's technically 49. Then he had like another few months until he turned until he turned 50. So having a 50-year-old father was also always super interesting. People would call like, oh, are you with your grandpa? Because he had white hair my entire life. I don't know when the white hair started, but white hair the entire life. And people would regularly ask if it was my grandpa. And like, I don't think it ever embarrassed me. Like I, for some, for whatever reason, I like wore it as like a, a badge of pride for whatever reason. Like that doesn't, that doesn't even make any logical sense for, for me to be like, yeah, people think my dad's my grandpa. That's so cool. But he spoiled me like crazy. And I know he loved me like crazy. He got me the Jeep that everyone was super jealous of. And by Jeep, like, not an actual car. I was like four years old. He got me one of those, like, super cool, small little Jeep vehicles that we'd drive around. And then my brothers ended up using for, like, movies that they would make. So it all worked out. Like, everyone got to use it. So it may have been for me, but everyone got to use it at some point. So... You guys can quit your bitching. <laughs> uh, and then, like, I'm all, I'm spoiled in a ton of ways, and I, I totally recognize that. Like, I grew up in a much different time and in a much different family. 
but dad, I don't know how I would describe it. I don't really know how anyone else feels about him. We don't really talk about it too much. Mom or dad really just kind of like, I don't necessarily, I'm sure we may have wanted different qualities in a father, but I think he was exactly what we needed, which I know is, is a little bit cliche and just to unpack that a little bit, like, like he was so easy on us, at least me. Like, I don't know. The only time that he would ever be hard on any of us is if we were pissing mom off or being little dicks to mom. And I think that's a very noble quality for a father to have. But besides that, he kind of just like the crazy, the craziest things he would just let us get away with. Like there, I know for a fact he knew I was doing things that I probably shouldn't be. Well, I was doing things that based on the LDS faith, I should not have been doing that. I know he know, like, I know he knew I was doing it and he wouldn't just be like, whatever kind of thing. Just let it, let it go. Like there's other, there's more important battles. This is not the, I'm not going to, premarital sex is not the hill I'm going to die on with my son, I think is essentially probably what he would think. But uh, hopefully that doesn't come across bad. Like, oh no, he should definitely, he should like, that's, that's a sin next to murder. Um, he, he got it. Like he understood what actually matters and he'd never cared about stuff that wasn't important. He wanted us to be hard workers. He wanted us to be respectful to people. He joked around a lot. He had a lot, like he is very, very sarcastic. And I know that my mom mentioned on a podcast before that I've done that that was like the hardest thing for her when she was newly married. Fair. She was 18. Like she's super young. And then you're dealing with uh, someone who's six years older than you making jokes. So I totally get that. But uh, it's been... And then watching him, like, just be my dad for his life, like, man, that one time that he got in a fight, not in a fight, but was scra- got in a scrap with uh, some skateboarder kids at the at the church during my Weeblo's Court of Honor. Never forget that. Um, uh, it was funny. He was out here about a week ago. And I was going to do this thing for my siblings, like as a gift, but I realized extremely quickly that um, it wasn't going to work just based on the questions that I was asking him, but just like, what's his memory of every single one of us? And my mom, like as a test, said, what, what, what's your favorite memory of Alex? And his response was like, hard worker. And I one, I... I'm not a hard worker, first of all. Second, that's like his go-to. Like that that's the highest praise he can put upon anybody. And so he will always go directly to the hard worker thing. And then it was kind of a cool moment. I don't know. And mom, you can, if you're listening to this, you can let me know if I misinterpreted the next scene that happened. But I described like, Dad, Dad, I was not a hard worker. Let me just tell you this really quick story and maybe you'll remember. Um and it was, I was probably like 10, 11, and he promised that I had to have been young because he was promised me a Walkman for cassette tapes. And so I had to have been probably pretty young to want a cassette tape as opposed to like a CD player. Anyways, so he's like, yep, you do that. All I need you to do, we had these uh, plum trees that are now gone, I'm pretty sure. 
next to his office that would drop plums, which wasn't a huge deal. It was pretty disgusting, like if you stepped on them. But that became a problem when like ants during the summer would start eating them, or spring going into the summer would start eating them. And so my dad needed me to pick up those plums so that there weren't just a ton of ants and just grossness around because his clients would show up anyways. So I go out to start picking those up and it's, it's dark. There's the sun isn't out. So if it's during springtime, we should have had, must've been pretty late, like 8 PM, 9 PM type thing. The reason I was doing it that late is because the next day we were going somewhere. So having that cassette player would have been pretty awesome for the trip. So it's, we have, there's nice lights coming off of his office. So like you can see decently, but you can't answer black. And we were on black asphalt and then the plums were purple. So you can't really tell what, what is what even with lights on. So I just start picking stuff and it's fine. And then it just gets to a point where I realize that my, my body is covered in ants. Don't think of it as in like a wily e. coyote cartoonish type where it's like covered head to toe or like million ants from Rick and Morty. It's not quite like that, but there's just ants crawling all over me and where I felt ants crawling on me, even where there weren't ants, because you all know that's how ants work. And I started crying. I was a little kid and my dad, uh, my dad came out and he said, you know what? You're going to have the Walkman. <laughs> and I don't know if he was like, I may be doing his tone wrong and maybe it was much more compassionate and loving than that. But, um, anyways, uh, that's the story. Essentially, the TLDR of that is pick up plums. I get covered in ants. Don't actually complete the task, but my dad still gives me the reward, even though I didn't I didn't complete it. And in the moment when I'm recounting the story, he does his little cough choke up thing. And that's the thing. I'm not entirely sure. He has bad breathing, so it's hard to know when he's doing his cough choke up or if he's just coughing and dying because his lungs are bad. And But he, he did his cough, get emotional. And that was, it made me realize he understood the story at least somewhat because there's no reason to get emotional about a story like that unless you understand a little bit of what's going on. And that was just him. I don't think there's any one of us who would who could say that he didn't love us. He might not have said it all the time, which I know is a complaint about him in the past. He might not have like hugged us all the time. He might not have had like really, really in-depth, meaningful conversations, but I go back through, he was exactly what we needed. How many deep, meaningful conversations have like we had with people in our lives? Probably not that many either. Uh, so I want to make sure I give my dad like a, a free pass, I guess, on that because yeah, at least you, you take what you can get. Like would we have preferred that dad was a womanizer and he have deep, meaningful conversations with us. <laughs> like, like, does that, does that make sense? Like, I think you just got to take the positives that overall dad was, there are very few things besides the racism. <laughs> but that was just a, that was just a thing of his time. Like there are very few things I can look back on and be like, eh, that's a really shady, bad thing that you did there. Um, like it's, so I go back to that. He was a great man, served in Vietnam, always told Vietnam stories that, like, you just have to remind him, like, I've heard this story a thousand times. <laughs> I don't know if I, I don't know if I need to hear this one again, but that's just being a child, right? It's just being a child. And 
I don't like. I have a lot of really great memories. Like I remember, like this is such a stupid one. I was dating this girl named Janae when I was like eighteen or nineteen, probably eighteen, and we had like a one month fling. Wrote a really badass song. That's another one of those good songs that I've written in my life. Called the kids' song for anyone who'd like to listen to it uh, about her, and then she broke up with me. Totally justifiable. Like she definitely should have broken broken up with me. Um, the The reason that she gave was a bad reason, but she should not have been dating me. And we just had long distance. The reason behind that, and I like had a breakdown. Just like I'm never gonna get married. I'm never gonna get married. My dad's like, I didn't get married till I was 26. Quit your bitching. <laughs> He didn't say. He didn't say it like that. He was very kind and compassionate about it. So there were the, those times where he was. He, you could tell that he really, really cared. And like looking back on it, how dumb of a conversation that is to have with like your father as a nineteen-year-old. How emotional I was, and he still kind of cared and just like, don't worry about it. Like you'll, you'll find someone. It'll be fine. And I did. And he was right. And everything's fine. Yeah, just another one of those weird random memories. Uh, that was great. Always there. He, like that's the one thing that I think he transferred to all of us kids is just being there for one another, and then also just being there for family in general. Never missed one of my sporting events. Probably helped that I was the youngest child, and so he could go to those. Is that every single basketball game I ever played? Every single volleyball? Which that might not be true. Like if if he went to every single volleyball game that I ever played. That was a huge mistake on his part because those games were boring and I don't think I would have even wanted to go. I played volleyball just to hang out with people. So anyways, the little neither here nor there. And then one of my favorite stories of my dad is the April going to try out, my sister April going to try out cars, test drive cars on a school day. And she, for whatever reason, gave my dad's phone number to the to the dealership. Um, so she ditched school. The dealership calls my dad, so he knows that she's gone. And essentially, I, this story may have been bastardized, but the way that I remember it is that essentially what he told April was, "Just let us know where you are." Like he didn't care. She was getting great grades. That was what was most important. As long as we were passing. Not just passing, but like exceeding in our school activities. He just didn't really care what we did. And I love that. And, and some people were like, well, that's the way, that's the reason that you turned out the way that you did. I'm happy with it. I'll take, I'll take it. If uh, the worst thing my dad ever did was allow me autonomy to grow and learn on my own, that's one of the best things that a, a father can give to somebody. He was also like instructive to us as well he would teach, like he was always there for scout stuff which i hated but he was there he, he probably single-handedly completed my eagle scout project for me i was like 54 i was 14 years old when we were doing that thing and i effing hated it so 14 years old terrible scouting's like the worst <laughs> i'm glad my dad likes it but like sc scouting was not was not for me but i got my eagle scout and uh, never put it on my resume because nobody care. Anyone listening to this who's writing a resume, no one cares that you got your Eagle Scout. Um, I don't think anyone's really putting it anymore, especially because the LDS Church has now distanced itself so far from the the sexual scandal that is the Boy Scouts of America. Only took them forever, but I'm sure that my dad. Good thing, like it happened at a good time. I'm glad that my dad doesn't have to see the downfall of scouting. <laughs> I'd probably probably tear him up pretty pretty good. Um, 
yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I have too much else that I that I want to say about him. Like, I'm just so grateful that I had him and, and my mom. Like, I know that I've already done the before I die for my mom. Like, I just can't imagine being the youngest. I have to. There's no way for me to ever be negative towards my mom and to my father because I realize how unlikely it is that I was going to be born. The number of miscarriages that were had. And then they just kept going um, and had nine total kids. I can't, like, what can, I wish I would have realized this when I was younger, um, but being LDS doesn't really allow you to think that this life is the only life that we have. <laughs> I just really wish I would have known that sooner. I probably would have been so much more respectful to my mom because um, that was the person I was only really, I was ever really respectful to, disrespectful to. Um but here we are. Oh, that's another thing too. I don't know if everybody did this, but that's another one, another like little fun story. We'd always take, like, cause we had to, dad would pay for our insurance, but we had to like pay for gas for driving their vehicles. And I would always just take gas for his tractor. <laughs> and he never said a thing, never said one thing about it. And I'm sure he was livid. <laughs> sure he was upset that we did it, but I never heard about it from my mom. Never heard about it from him. Um, I wasn't the only sibling to ever do that. You know, sometimes you come on hard times. Uh, and a really big motivator for me to have like a job was I felt so much guilt doing that. So I'm just like, uh, he has this five gallon tank and I'm just like taking all this gas away. And so I've, I've been working pretty nonstop since I was 15 years old. And I think a lot of that has to be credited to him. Um, not just teaching me work ethic, but his uh his kindness is the right word humility also isn't the right word but just letting letting us learn like we learned all this stuff on our own we learned how to be trustworthy and honest because he didn't force us to feel guilty we just felt guilty because we'd be like oh my god i can't believe that we're doing this i can't believe i'm doing this to my dad and then eventually we would stop doing those stupid things. And when I say we, I don't want to generalize too much. I should probably be saying I, cause I don't know who and who didn't take gas from the, from the tractor gas canister. But, um, I know a few of us did. I know for sure a few of us, but it probably wasn't all of us. And then he just, he's always loved kids. He's always loved animals. He's always been just really kind and compassionate in a lot of ways. Like I really can't remember a time where he's ever been mad at me except for that one time when I was being a dick to my mom and once again, totally justifiable. And maybe I'm, maybe other people have better stories of when he was mean or whatever, but it was great. So dad, I thank you a ton for all the things that you, that you did teach me. And I'm sure all the things that I'll continue to learn from you, compassion, service, work ethic, and that there are many different ways to love a person than saying I love you and giving hugs um, always willing to give of your time played catch all the time you do this stupid underhand football throw which now that I'm now that I'm old enough to like just be honest with you dad that wasn't that cool <laughs> just kidding uh, but as a kid it was the coolest I thought it was the coolest thing but now like as I'm older just like why did I think that was so cool it's so easy to be an adult with small children they think everything's awesome um, his hook shot from the free throw line his underhand shot that was uh, 
It's just so funny looking back on it. I hope I can be, uh, I, I obviously want to be a different dad than you were in a lot of ways, but I want to make sure I take a lot of the good that you had too. So I don't think there was a whole lot of bad things, but I think there were things that I personally could have definitely used a little more when I was growing up. And I don't, I, but at the same time, like, I don't blame you for that at all. Like, I still think you did a phenomenal job. There's no perfect parents out there. And even if you are a perfect parent, your kid can still end up being a really shitty person. So who cares? Like, it, everyone turned out pretty well. I know some of us have our things and whatnot, but, and when I say our things, like they're so minuscule, all of us are hard workers. We all are gainfully employed. We all treat and love our spouses. I mean, to my knowledge, once again, well, and with kindness. So I don't know if there's much else that I could have asked for you to do or really would have wanted you to do. Um, I'll, I'll never, I'll just end with this. Uh, and it's, a, it's the thing that inspired the song that I wrote about you. Um, so it would have been last year. I have no idea why we would have been talking. It must have been Father's Day. But I feel like I wrote that song. I wrote the song in June. I know for sure I wrote it in June. Maybe it was Mother's Day and Mom just had me talk to you. But it was the most touching moment I think you and I have ever had. Um, and all you said, well, and I, and you, you did your cough choke up thing, just like, come home when you can. And I think that was the first thing that you've ever asked of me in my life. Um, I don't really count like, I don't really count like doing chores. Like the first time I ever felt like, wow, my dad needs me. And I'll be able to cherish that for the rest of my life to know that there was a time when, when you needed me. Because even the greatest men, the great man that you are, the man who was able to do everything on his own, create a construction business, uh, the door business, the frequent salesman of all different things needed me one time. And uh, I'll forever be grateful for that. And uh, just uh, before I die, I wanted to say thank you and more importantly, let you know that I love you. <laughs>